You're listening to Knowing Faith, a podcast of Training the Church. This is Kyle Worland. I'm joined by my co-host, Jen Wilkin and JT English. What's up? So excited to be here with you, Kyle. This is just amazing. Me too. This is brand new. We have people... Tell people my cultural reference. I'm proud yeah, of it. Yeah, Jen, uh, uh, before we jumped on the air today, was like, uh, it's me, hi, I'm the problem, it's me. Which was in reference to nothing real serious, just uh, some scheduling stuff that we have to work through. If you can imagine, Jen Wilkin has a busier schedule than JT and Kyle Worley. I know that's going to blow everyone's <laughs> minds. Which I don't know how you do. That's insane to me. It, hey, it's, it's getting better. Wild. This is actually a better version of things. It's well, going to get you know even what? better yet. I love it. Uh, I love it. Well, today we're not talking about Jen Wilkins' schedule, um, although I have many thoughts. Uh, we are talking <laughs> about the doctrine of sanctification. Uh, we're talking about sanctification as a part of our larger kind of walk through the doctrine of salvation. We've covered things like election, effectual call, regeneration, uh, justification. And today we're turning to what is, you know, it's not like the I think I, I think I've called it before the fraternal twin of justification, which is sanctification, that there's a lot of conceptual overlap between justification and sanctification. And really what we want this to do, because let me just level with you guys. The three of us have had a lot of conversations about sanctification. And we've, we've learned a lot from mm-hmm. each other. And in our ministries, there are different things in the past episodes where we've where we've been emphatic about different dimensions to it. Our hope today is just to provide you kind of a shared understanding of the doctrine of sanctification. There are a lot of technical conversations and discussions around sanctification. JT, I was reminded when we were talking off air about, um, gosh, it's not, it's not Mike Allen. Who am I? It's, it's, he's at RTS and he wrote that wonderful Mike Allen. He wrote this. Grounded in heaven. Grounded in Heaven, which is a wonderful book uh, on the topic of sanctification, which if you want more kind of of some technical conversation, you should go check that out. But today we just want to provide you like a like a big picture understanding of what is sanctification. So just to get the ball rolling, Jen, what is sanctification? I would say sanctification is the working out of our salvation. So um, in our justification, we receive positional holiness. We receive the imputed righteousness of Christ so that when uh, God looks at us, he sees the holiness of Christ. And so then when we come to sanctification, what we see is then what does the life of the believer look like in response to or as a result of having received the the righteousness of Christ? And it looks like uh, different desires than we had before. And mm-hmm. therefore, with different desires, we would understand that there are different actions associated with those desires. So when you talk about the fruits of salvation, uh, what you're talking about is sanctification, that we begin to live differently because we are different as a result of being in Christ. Yeah. It, it, there's a transformative nature to sanctification, right? I mean, mm-hmm. the transformative nature to the whole of salvation, which is true of election and effectual call and regeneration, certainly a new heart. But when we're thinking about sanctification, we're oftentimes thinking about although not exclusively thinking about, but oftentimes we're thinking about a progressive path towards increasing holiness and fellowship with God and communion with God that's getting us into greater conformity to Jesus Christ. You know, Mm -hmm. um, this is, it's almost like a call of sanctification is like, imitate me as I imitate God, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, That's, Mm -hmm. is that first Peter or is that? 
think it's first Peter, right? Uh, be imitators of me as I am of Christ. And I think that the hope when we're thinking through sanctification is that the believer is drawn to a real passion and purpose around God's ongoing activity in their life of changing and transforming them. JT, what would you add to this? No, I think I agree with that definition. I, I think the, you know, we've had some offline conversations around the relationship. Obviously, we've done this on the air too. This is nothing new mm-hmm. for our listeners about the relationship between justification and sanctification and glorification. And Jen has a helpful alliteration. Jen, what are your P's again for all of these? Yeah, I can't own them, but I can certainly exploit them at every turn. Um, the the we, that in justification we are saved from the power of sin. Uh, wait a minute, penalty. <laughs> there we are. I got your piece. <laughs> I got your piece. Okay, in justification we're saved from the penalty of sin. So you know we're justified. We receive mm-hmm. Christ's perfect mm-hmm. holiness is is accounted to us, and then in sanctification we are being progressively set free from the power of sin. In other words, we are now capable of actually saying no when temptation presents and choosing what is pleasing to God. And then in our glorification, we are set free from the presence of sin. We go to be with the Lord and there is no sin in His presence. And so therefore, sin is no longer um, not only a temptation for us, but it's just not even something, a a presence in our existence. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree with all of that. I don't think I would change it. If I was going to push a little bit on something, just in terms of like, so if you're listening, that's true. Everything Jen just said, true. I think that sometimes, and maybe this is just my own story a little bit, is justification for me has been only thought of as past tense, and sanctification is something that's present, and glorification is something that's future. And again, there's truth to that also. But I think one of the things that that I guess I'd love to hear your guys' thoughts on is sanctification is something that's also past tense also. And by that, I don't mean progressively outwork. So Jen, I think your phrase was justification is God's declaration of righteousness. Sanctification is our present outworking. That's not, mm-hmm. not, it's not untrue, but there's also times that the Bible discusses our positional, not just justification, in other words, a, a forensic term of being made right, but our uh, purification term, having been made holy, being past tense also. And so like, I think it's mm-hmm. important that the, the, an understanding for the Christian is, is, is it, it isn't just that I've been declared right, therefore I work towards holiness. It's also that I've been declared holy and I'm going to work mm-hmm. towards ongoing holiness. Is that mm-hmm. God's purified me, I've been made right, that the Levitical law has been fulfilled, the, the Mosaic law has been fulfilled, and God doesn't just look at me in, in, a, in, a, legalist, in a legal setting and say, unrighteous, righteous, but also mm-hmm. unholy and now holy. Mm-hmm. And that mm-hmm. fuels ongoing sanctification and the hope of future glorification. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I am holy. I am being made holy. I will. I be. will be holy. Yeah, I will be mm-hmm. holy. I holy, am righteous. Holy, 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 holy. I am righteous. I am being made righteous. I will be righteous. It reminds me of the Isaac Newton quote that always gets quoted. Not Isaac Newton. That was the. Uh, <laughs> that was the science guy. John Newton. Uh, John Newton. Uh, wow. I am not who. <laughs> very different. Very different characters. Uh, Are you going to quote Bill Nye next? No, that would be fantastic. <laughs> though. What if I had said reminds me of that great Bill Nye quote, and then gave a John Newton quote? That would have been fantastic. Uh, that John Newton quote. Tim. I heard it from Tim Keller first. I, I bet that's where most people heard it from. I'm. I'm not who I once was. I'm uh, not who I one day will be. But by the grace of God, I am who I am today in Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. I am holy. I. I am being made holy. I will be holy. And the sanctification process is a work that is wrought by grace. I mean, yes, grace 
is the fuel for all spiritual conformity to Christ in our lives. And it's mm-hmm. done by the outworking of the Holy Spirit, taking what God has done for us in Jesus and, and like Jen said, practically outworking it into our life. The verse I always appeal to when I'm trying to live in this tension for my own self, but then also in pastoral ministry, I love this verse, Hebrews 10, 14. The people of Mosaic are probably just sick of me hearing <laughs> of hearing me quote this because it's my little like, like real quick fire. It's such a short verse, but I love it. For by a single offering, he has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. And you get this, like, that's a really wonderful capture of what God has done in Jesus. He has perfected. What what does that mean? He's completed. He's done all Mm -hmm. that there is to do in the life of a believer. How can that possibly be true of me today on Thursday at 1137 uh, a.m. whenever I'm not really walking with like, like, I, I don't, I bet if you ask the people around me, is Kyle Worley perfect? They would have a pretty strong answer. But I bet if you ask JT and Jen in light of our recordings this morning, is Kyle Worley perfect? They'd probably have a pretty strong answer. And yet God, God's word says, for by a single offering, he has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified, being made more like God. Mm-hmm. And so that's a beautiful verse that kind of just puts us squarely in that dynamic of God has done something incredible in Jesus Christ that has changed me past tense. It's changing me, future tense, and it will be the manner in which I am changed forever in the mm-hmm. future to come. And, mm-hmm. and and that's where we're at. And sanctification, I think, does put us in a place of profound trust in God to do the work that he says he's going to do, that the he'll bring to completion the work that he started in us. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's at the intersection of so many of our most painful personal frailties, right? Mm -hmm. Like sanctification feels funny. Like all three of us know that each other, uh, know that sanctification feels funny to talk about sometimes because we are all, the three of us are well acquainted with the brokenness of the others. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, like we've stepped on each other. And I think that when you, you know, one of the things that needs to be talked about when we talk about sanctification is how does how does sanctification address two burdens that people carry even post salvation and one of those is the burden of legalism and one of those is the burden although it may not seem like a burden of, of license so you know one is i've got to do and be in order to please the lord and one is there's no longer doing and being um, at all and so you know how does this doctrine address both of those things that's pretty important like and I think that that sometimes that the emphasis, and we've even the three of us have in different parts of this conversation at different times been more emphatic about one or the other. And sometimes mm-hmm. that's just conditioned by the audience that we're addressing. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I've given a lot of college talks to college groups. I get pretty fiery about sanctification to young college men when I get a chance to address them, young college Christian men. Because, and I'm not saying this is true for all young college Christian men everywhere, but at least for this young college Christian guy, whenever I was a young college Christian guy, I needed someone to come in and be like, yes, the foundation of grace is great, young man. Um, and God is inviting you into deeper obedience in these areas of your life. Yeah. But so we've talked a little bit about how sometimes the, the congregation or the group or the context that you're in sometimes requires that. Like, I mean, like JT, you, you, you've said before that if you're addressing a, an audience that has deep Catholic roots— that like, hey, you 
like you might not really push the same way as you would if you were talking with an audience. Like you take into account where they're coming from. Say something about that. This is what makes the doctrine of salvation beautiful is you never get to exhaust it. And mm-hmm. it is it is more uh, – anytime you think, man, I could this is really simple, and it is simple – uh, you also know there's more beauty to behold eventually. Mm-hmm. The simplest phrase, Jesus Christ is Lord, is also the most complex phrase, Jesus Christ is Lord. And when it comes to the doctrine of salvation, but specifically justification, sanctification, and glorification, I think, you know, when when the three of us had the opportunity to work together, we inhab- inhabited a specific context where there was a specific conversation that I think colors the way we talk about things. Not to, not to say that it's therefore like subjective or wrong, but it's to say like, okay, this is... This is what this audience needs to hear, whether it's a college crew that needs to <laughs> needs to be told, knock it off, mm-hmm. uh, or whether it's a, a, you know, kind of, Jen, I don't want to speak for your context, but a speci- heavy influence on evangelicalism, but specifically women's ministry, where women might be kind of more prone in some of the circles to be thinking about rest. I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm in Christ, I'm and it's simple, mm-hmm. and, I, and I'm tired, and I've got, you know, six kiddos, and I don't need to, I don't need to strive. Mm-hmm. We want to emphasize that there's truly a the doctrine of sancti- of salvation doesn't just say done. It continues to say strive. It continues mm-hmm. to say become who, who who you're declared to be in Christ. Mm-hmm. Grow in sanctification. All, again, all empowered, as Kyle said, by the Holy Spirit, that all of all of salvation is grace. But I think, I've, I don't want to say I've grown to think differently about this, but I'm now a pastor in a new context where my context isn't a bunch of evangelical women saying rest. It's a bunch of Catholic believers who are who are who are saying go strive mm-hmm. earn mm-hmm. be and what we want to say i think on this podcast is say sanctification is not saying okay i've been declared just now i need to earn holiness it is i've been declared just and holy and i'm going to live into justice and holiness by the mm-hmm. power of the holy spirit and even if as we get to the next episode on glorification i've also been declared glorified Paul says, mm-hmm. you've been resurrected. That There's this really weird, even um, now, not yet, kind of eschatology, like it's true now, but it's not yet. That's true mm-hmm. for us in every single category of, of salvation, as Christians are mm-hmm. living in this in-between world of all of these things already been declared over us in Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit, but we're also seeking to strive to make those things a reality for us in the present moment. And so in my context now, it's not so much, you know, hey guys, be careful if, you know, you're, 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 you're relying too much on your justification, you're not walking in, in personal godliness. It's in some sense almost the it's it's almost the opposite. It's mm-hmm. it's they're trying to earn a godliness about themselves that will then eventually declare them just. And what mm-hmm. we want to say is both of those things. Um, there, Jen, you already said this. There's a ditch on both sides. We don't want to pursue licentiousness. God's grace is so overwhelming that I can do whatever I want. Romans chapter six. And we also don't want to pursue some kind of thing like legalism. Galatians chapter mm-hmm. two and three. That we're going to pursue some kind of uh, righteousness in ourselves. We need an alien righteous declared to us through justification. And we also need an alien holiness given to us through the priest who's made a sacrifice for us mm-hmm. and purified us from our sins. What bridge is God calling you to cross that the gospel might go forth among the nations? Women like Lilius Trotter, Harriet Newell, and Sarah Hall Boardman Judson have indeed crossed their own bridges to get to the lost. Discover the stories of 10 inspiring female missionaries who changed the world for Christ. 10 Women Who Changed the World is seminary president Daniel Aiken's powerful tribute to these women who fulfilled the Great Commission. May we all follow in their footsteps. 10 Women Who Changed the World is available wherever books are sold.
The CSB Life Council Bible provides biblical counsel and practical wisdom for pastors, ministry leaders, counselors, parents, couples, and any individual seeking practical wisdom through the application of God's Word. It includes more than 150 full-length articles on a wide range of topics and tough issues from respected Christian counselors and scholars. Visit csblifecouncilbible.com to get your copy today. Visit csblifecouncilbible.com to get your copy today. Now, and just to make sure for our listeners, JT said alien righteousness and alien holiness. And I, JT, I'm only laughing at this because I said this a couple of nights ago in the Forge program. And you said alien this, righteousness? Alien righteousness. And people and, are like, uh, what are you talking about? Yeah, like somebody, somebody goes, um, yeah. hey, uh, Kyle, Can I'm sorry, but yeah. I, I do have a question. It sounded like you said alien righteousness, and I said, yeah, they were like, do you believe in aliens? And I was like, no, no, oh, I'm so sorry. I just meant by alien, I mean a righteousness outside of ourselves, not like an extraterrestrial life form. So just also, no, do you believe in aliens? Because I feel like no, when we I talked about not. Nephilim, it sounded like maybe you did. Yeah, no, not, not, no, I don't. Um, not at present. So just... As a context note, alien in that usage just means a, a righteousness outside of ourselves, a holiness outside of ourselves. And for uh, for all three of us, we believe that righteousness and holiness that's found outside of ourselves is found in only one place, and that's in Christ Jesus, mm-hmm. who provides it, um, not in an extraterrestrial mm-hmm. life form. Although I wonder if you could consider the Son of God an extraterrestrial life form. Oh. That would be – that's a full-length episode, I think. Paging Bill day. Nye. Yes, uh, but paging Christophanes. Sal- <laughs> yeah, here we go. We we have tread those grounds before, I believe. Um, so the when we think about sanctification, how, how are we sanctified? We we've kind of already mentioned it already, but like, okay, so by grace, but like, yeah. yes, we have been san- we are being sanctified by God's grace. But who is operative in that work? What are some of the ways? that we experience sanctification. So we've been declared holy, but what are some of the ways that we can, in light of that declaration, pursue holiness? Yeah. Like, because if like, like Jen, if somebody comes to you and says, Hey, I do, I want to be more like, I, I want to grow in holiness. Mm-hmm. What and I'm a new believer. And you, you give them the gospel of grace. You remind them, you relay the foundation stone for them. Mm-hmm. And they go, yes, I believe all that stuff. That is gloriously true. What do you tell them next? What's the next thing once you've made sure they understand that the road they're walking on is paved with grace and the faithfulness of God? How how do they then move forward in holiness? Yeah, well, I think following the pattern in the New Testament, right? You say, hey, you should obey. You should obey God's law because it was given to you for your good, and it shows you how to look like Christ. Um, and I think that the piece, honestly, that I didn't, em- that I, when we talk about emphasis, that I did not emphasize enough really until um, I had spent a lot of time around uh, my my uber Trinitarian friend was the mm. role of the spirit in that, right? Like yeah. that the Holy Spirit is, this is a terrible way to refer to the Holy Spirit, but he's the secret sauce of our sanctification. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's the name of a book, right? <laughs> I just got hungry um, for Chick-fil-A. So, you know, it's not just that we've received grace, it's that we've received the spirit and the spirit is empowering us to live godly lives. Um, and so, you know, I think the, the first step in, in a conversation with someone who says, man, I, I want to I do want to be sanctified is to say, ask the Lord, 
Ask the Lord to do the work in you. You have the spirit in you and you have the path in front of you because the scriptures have given us the path for what it looks like to to, to obey and to be like Christ. And so ask the Lord to increase the desire that you feel in yourself that you didn't have before uh, and ask the Lord to make that desire greater than the desire to sin and um, and to give you an awareness and and then follow the pattern that's laid out for us. That's right. JT, would you add anything to that? I don't think I have a whole lot to add other than maybe a word we haven't talked about a lot is the atonement of Christ, whether it's speaking specifically to our justification, sanctification, and eventual glorification, is when we think about sanctification specifically, it changes our ambitions. Mm -hmm. We desire to walk in the path of life. Mm -hmm. We don't want to walk in the path of death. It changes our hopes of of, uh, thinking that God is holding out from us to believing God is what's best for us. And sanctification is this ongoing thing where the Holy Spirit is and it's slow. Man, don't you guys with, because there is a definitive aspect to sanctification. We are possessed by God. We're his, not just declared righteous, but also pure and holy. And man, I wish he would speed that process up in my life because there's these things that over the course of time, he just breaks off of you. Again, and I'm glad that he does, but I just wish in the same way that justification is kind of a, man, I I don't have any challenges right now getting into my mind, God's declared me just. Mm-hmm. I do have some challenges in my mind of saying God has declared me holy. And he has declared me holy. He's declared me pure and right and and good and not just righteous. But there's this ongoing experience of like uh, whether it's you had a fight with your spouse this morning or you're wrestling with something at work and maybe doing you know things you're wrestling with an ethical situation is we're called into a new ambition Mm -hmm. because the spirit of God is present with us and it's a pursuit of ongoing godliness, killing the things that lead to death and cultivating the things that lead to life. Yeah, that's right. No, I think about, we talk about how you always work hard at the things that you love. Mm -hmm. And I think that when we think about working hard at being holy, it's important to remember that that should be um, a, a work that we do because we love it not because we feel bound by it, you know, and, and, um, and that is what the work of the spirit through grace should be doing in us is so increasing our love for the Lord that the work that we do to, to be conformed to the image of Christ is an act of love, not an act of coercion or, mm-hmm. uh, or, or a grudging thing that we do. And then, yeah, we feel like we have these constant evidences that we're not saved, you know, it's like, oh, I, I did that thing again. Or to quote another pop culture reference, oops, I did it again, <laughs> Kyle. I don't know that one. <laughs> Who's that? Uh, anyway, <laughs> yeah. uh, but we, you know, we slip back into these old patterns or we do the same thing again that we've done wrong a million times. And we think, man, is this really sticking? Because it doesn't feel like it's really sticking. And that's when we have to fall back again on the recognition of, no, I am holy. Uh, I just, uh, I'm, I'm still learning to live as someone who's holy. Um, and it's why, you know, like, I mean, we're not to the glorification episode, so I'm going to try to behave myself, but like, it's why we mm. long for the new heavens and the new earth, because we don't want to do this anymore. And, and the promise of our glorification is that one day we won't, we won't have to live in this, um, terrible state of feeling like we want to do the right thing. That which I want to do, I don't do right. To quote Paul. Yeah, that's right. 
Yep. You know, I think that when we consider one of the opportunities for sanctification, and I've mentioned this before, and I don't know that it, maybe it's a strange thought, maybe it's not, but I think one of the blessings of sanctification is that it limbers us up for the hopes of heaven. Mm-hmm. It prepares us for what we will receive in fullness. Like JT mentioned earlier, we live between the already and the not yet, and the not yet is coming. And yet my desires are not yet ready to really receive all that is coming for me in heaven uh, and all that is coming for me in the new heavens and the new earth. Mm-hmm. And sanctification in some ways is like practice. It's like developing a palette for the joys, the splendors, and the blessings of new life with God in heaven as a new creation being made more and more into the glorious image of God, mm-hmm. like what Paul talks about being transformed from one degree of glory to the next. That's what's coming for us. Um, and sanctification is almost like the preamble to that, um, where God is doing this incredible work of just making us ready, stretching us out for what's what's ahead. Um, and in that way, I think it's really good news. I think certainly it's good news that sanctification is a work of God, that He is going to complete what He has begun, um, and that all of God's people will enter into God's kingdom in fullness, being made into the image of Christ mm-hmm. Jesus. He's going to see it through um, because of His grace and faithfulness. And that's an incredible assurance that we have mm-hmm. uh, on the road and on the journey that we're on. I think one of the things that I'd, I'd want us to emphasize as we wrap this this one up is God is powerful and can actually empower you to pursue godliness. Mm-hmm. This is You're not alone. You're not by yourself. This isn't a matter of God has declared me just and one day I'll be with him in the future. And I'm in this in-between moment of like, I've got to keep earning or I've got to keep striving. You do need to strive. You don't need to earn. Uh, You need to put forth effort, but you don't need to receive uh, merit. You've Mm -hmm. received merit Mm -hmm. and God hasn't left you. When we think about sanctification, again, all of these are related. You know, systematic theology is kind of like this Jenga puzzle where we're kind of pulling things out and looking at it, but the whole thing matters. Is the Holy Spirit, when we think about biblical theology, is the Holy Spirit is no longer indwelling a temple. He's indwelling Mm -hmm. you. And at that moment of temptation, at that moment of fear or that moment of doubt. And it doesn't mean that we don't ever succumb. It's Again, this is progressive. It's a, it's not a straight line to glory, but it is to say that in that moment, and maybe you're facing that now, maybe, maybe you're driving to work and you're facing it today. You're thinking about what's going to be at home for you or what you're going to face this weekend. And that trial temptation you're facing is God hasn't left you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you have the power because of Christ's spirit indwelling you to mortify sin, like to really mm-hmm. kill it and to say, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to pursue godliness. And that's one of the things that we want to implore you to, not because we think you're going to earn something, but because you, when you do that, are participating in what God has already declared you to be holy. Mm-hmm. That's right. Well, on our next episode, we're going to move from talking about sanctification to moving into the realms of glorification and cosmic restoration, which cosmic restoration to me sounds like the name of a Grateful Dead album, (laughs) but there is something really important for us to capture there. So there's probably an an alien joke in there somewhere too. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. I think you're right. We'll work one in. Uh, You can find Knowing Faith on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Uh, You can leave us a review over at Apple Podcasts. If you want to find out more about what we've going on for the podcast network, go to trainthechurch.com slash support. Go check out our sister shows, Family Discipleship, Starting Place, Confronting Christianity. To give us one more pop culture reference, those shows are genies in a bottle. You need to let them out. Uh, And in our next episode, we'll be chatting through uh, glorification. So we hope you enjoy the discussion. Grace and peace.